Welcome. You're listening to the Heritage Podcast. To learn more about Heritage, including meeting times and upcoming events, visit us online at www.heritageff.org. Now, let's get into today's podcast. Amen. Let's open our Bibles, if we will. This is called the Word of God. This is our life. This is who we are. And so we thank God for this and what we're doing here. And I want to deal with this uh, subject, victory is our thanksgiving. So let me pray over the Word and we'll get into it. Father, thank you for the living Word. It is true to us. It blesses us. There is nothing greater than the living Word. We trust the Word of God to be final authority in our life. Thank God that this Word displays the government by which we are ruled by, the government of heaven. Higher courts of heaven have already passed judgment and said we are the righteousness of God. We are what the Bible says we are. So, Father, thank you. Holy Spirit, thank you for being the greatest teacher there is. So as I minister this word, it will not fall lifeless to the ground. I believe it's fully going to produce what it's accomplished to do in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Praise God. Let's uh, open our Bibles and uh, let's go to some verses of Scripture, if you will. And uh, go with me before we get started. I know on the screen you probably won't get this. Go to Hebrews chapter 13. And look at this for just a moment. The book of Hebrews chapter 13. And uh, as we start off with this, thanksgiving is, um, is so important to us, the, the level of thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is not a day. Thanksgiving cannot be captured into one moment. Thanksgiving is not about a turkey. And a thankful heart is about knowing the Lamb of God for sinners slain. And understanding that forevermore, behold the Lamb, and so uh, who sitteth on the throne. We have a good God. We have a loving God. We have a great God. And so every day we ought to have a thankful heart. Every day we, have, we must do this. In Hebrews chapter 13, uh, verse 15, it makes this statement. Um, there's so much in this. Look at verse 12. Wherefore Jesus also, that he might sanctify the people in his own blood suffered without the gate. Let us go therefore unto him, watch this, without the camp, bearing his reproach, for we have, for we have no, uh, no, no uh, continuing city, but we seek one to come. By him therefore let us offer, offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually, that is, the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. Notice the connection between the word praise and thanks. They're the same. The word praise and thanks are interchangeable there. Now, throughout Scripture, there are several Bible definitions for the word praise. In this verse, he repeats it, but he uses the word praise. We understand that word praise. But then he said, the fruit of our lips with thanksgiving. So praise, notice how he put this in this verse 15. He said, let, there, uh, let him therefore, um, by him therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise. Underline that word sacrifice. It means that sometimes you're not going to feel like doing it. And that's when there's a sacrifice. When every natural emotion says, I don't feel like doing this. And you've got to bypass that feeling. And you've got to go into the realm of the spirit. And you've got to realize that it is not about you. And so notice he said, let, let us therefore offer. Notice that word offer. Let's use the term offering. It's an offering. In the Old Testament, they did a lot of offerings. You've got to offer this up. What do you offer up? I put my emotions on the altar of God. 
I put what I'm going through on the altar. It is not supreme in my life. What I'm going through is not the finality of my life. What I'm going through has not the authority to rule me for the rest of my life. What I'm going through right now is considered to be temporary. So I offer this temporary moment for what is eternal. And I offer this sacrifice of praise because everything in me doesn't want to do it. Now it doesn't mean that all of a sudden you pull out a tambourine and start running around your living room. The, offer, the praise is, is offering your, going over your emotion and thanking God. Not for the problem, but thanking God because He's God. In the middle of everything that's going on, it may not look like it, but God's God. And that's called the fruit of your lips. Because if you won't do that, then you'll digest the emotion. And you'll live in that emotion. But the fruit of your lips overriding what you're feeling. No, I say this, and you may not feel like it. You may, you may not at all look like what, what you think you're saying. I'm blessed, and you may say, I don't look like I'm blessed. I mean, I feel blessed, doesn't matter. You're still blessed. You still are, because God said you are. He's eternal right now. He's eternal. Everything about Him, His Word is alive. So you can't change His Word. So here He said, therefore, let us offer it. And what we're dealing with right now is victory in our thanksgiving. So every time that you are thankful to God, which should be every day, right now, today, you ought to be thankful you got up. Unfortunately, tragically, some people did not get up today. Unfortunately, while you're in church today uh, and hearing the words of life, some are in hospitals right now. Some right now are, are going through divorces, separations. Some people looking for their children, don't know what's going on. However, you're here today. We don't, we don't look at them and say, well, thank God I'm not like that. No, what we say, thank God God loves me. And right now, this is where I'm at right now. So we have, I have to have a thankful heart. I, gotta be, I have to have this heart of thanksgiving. You ought to thank God for who you're sitting next to right now. Thank God they're not out on the streets. Amen. Thank God you made it home last night. Thank God you made it here today. Thank God no accidents on the highways or the freeways. Thank God there were no drive-by shootings. Thank God your, your tire didn't blow out. Thank God you didn't get hit by a drunk. Thank God there was no car race going through in a police chase and they smacked your car. Thank God you had a car when you woke up. You parked it and it's still there. Thank God your house didn't burn down. See, we've got so much to thank God for. Did you eat today? Do you have something to eat today? Well, then thank God for it. You got to thank God. Did you sleep well tonight, last night? Did you sleep? Did you? My mom used to ask me. I used to ask my mom. Excuse me. I used to ask her. How'd you sleep last night? She was with my eyes closed, and, and that was what she say. Well, that's how I sleep all the time too, with my eyes closed. You got to. You got to learn to rejoice and be grateful. In this verse of scripture, therefore, by Him let us continually. Well, this is all the time. Continually means daily. It means daily. It means constant. Brother Copeland made a statement. I was listening to one of his teachers. He made a statement. A man came to him, and this was a, a, a man that was, had already retired, and he was fishing. And this young man sat next to him. He goes, I want to know what your key to success is so I can be successful, and I can retire at a good health age with, good, with a good financial support and financial backing, and I can spend my days just relaxing. What is the key to your success? He goes, can you tell me? The man said, yes. Put down his fishing pole, grabbed the young man, and took him by the back of the head, stuck his head underwater, and held him. And the man was trying to get up, trying to figure out how to get out. And then right before the man took his last breath, he pulled him out. He goes, 
What were you doing that for? He goes, you asked me for advice. I gave it to you. He said, I asked you how to be successful. He goes, you will not succeed until you want to succeed as much as you want that last breath. He says, see, there's so many people that want to prosper, want to succeed, but it's not passionate enough. You need the gospel just actually more than you do your last breath. Because when you take your last breath, who you're serving will determine where you spend eternity with. Your last breath on earth is your last breath either in heaven or in hell. God's presence or, or demonic forces. You choose that. So be thankful. Turn around and tell somebody, say, thank God, God loves me. All right, let's go over to 2 Samuel, if you will, chapter, chapter 6, verse 13. And uh, let's look at this. Sam, uh, 2 Samuel. Uh, Thanksgiving. Wow, what a statement. Uh, now listen, I, I said this in the earlier service. Uh, Thanksgiving, it's not really about Turkey. They, they didn't have turkey on Thanksgiving when, the, when they came. They had, they had fish and corn. That's what they had. They did not have turkey. And tur- turkey came about by a, a f- place to sell turkeys. And they wanted to sell turkeys, so they marketed turkeys for Thanksgiving. And we bought into it, so everybody thinks Thanksgiving is about turkey. And so, they, so, so that, that's what it's about. And so for a lot of people, where are you going to get your turkey? When are you going to get your turkey? Who's going to cook the turkey? What are you going to stuff it with? How do you stuff it? What are you going to cook with it? What you, and so everything's around turkey time. And so, but it really wasn't about that. And they weren't really celebrating that. They were celebrating a union of coming together that they came across and they lived. And they were gathered by their, by, with the Native Americans and they gathered together. And by doing so, they gave thanks. And there was a thankful heart. But the, when they came over, the relationship with God is what they were into. So they, came, they were giving thanks to God. So now, because of it, it wasn't just a meal. It was a lifestyle. And Thanksgiving must be a lifestyle. I'm not against turkey. If you want turkey, eat turkey. That's great. Eat it every day if you like it. But, but, but it's not about that. It's about your diet, what you eat on a regular basis with the Word of God. Now, let's look at a verse of Scripture. Let me give you some history on this uh, before we get into this verse. It's so powerful. This, this, this particular verse of Scripture, the reason I'm using this verse is I want to show you something that I believe is very crucial, is that there's a lot of things you could teach people in life today. One of the things you can't teach people is worship. You have to, the only way you worship is by doing it. There are things, there are certain things in life you will never learn till you just do it all the time. Um, we sat down, my wife and I sat down uh, before, well, before our marriage with a counselor, and we, got, we had marriage counseling. But all that marriage counseling we had, which was short-lived, just a short amount of time compared to the, the amount of years we've been married, that counseling that they gave us was to get us launched off properly. But they couldn't, they couldn't tell us what was going to happen in five years, ten years, 15 years, 20 years, and we've known each other 50 years. So in that time period, understanding this, growing to this, you had to grow into this relationship. So we are right now at the byproduct of our learning what marriage is about and how to grow into it. You can't just teach that. You, you, can't, you just can't look at, hey, give me one key to success. You're not going to get it with one key. You're not going to get it with one key. Well, what, your woman could say, well, my key is that I cook every meal. Another woman said, I ain't cooking. That's not happening. We're not, this marriage is not going to last if I have to cook. And so, and so for, it could be for a man. You've got to fix all the plumbing. Well, I'm not a good with tools, so that ain't happening. So it, you can't go by that. You just can't. You grow with each other. You learn each other. 
You will learn this relationship. In the earlier scripture, I was talking about this in the earlier service. The scripture says in Psalms that the eyes are the windows of your soul. It's the only place in your body that has any reflection at all. Your eyes. The eyes are the windows of your soul. Joanne and I have been looking into each other's eyes for 50 years. And when I look into her eyes, I still see me come looking back. When she looks at me, she looks at her looking back. I'm in her, she's in me. When I see the word of God, the word's called the mirror, according to James. So when I look at the word, I'm looking into the eyes of most high God, and I see my reflection there. And I see the love of God. I see face to face. I see him face to face there in that word. So every time I open up the scripture, I see the one who loves me. And I see the one I'm in love with. So therefore my heart is filled with thanksgiving. It's filled with this joy. This is what Thanksgiving's about. The four, we'll talk about this in four words. Second Samuel. So what happened in Samuel was the Ark of the Covenant was taken. And the Philistines had taken this off and they had taken it from years back. And so we find out that now they're about ready to bring this ark back into, into the city of David, knows Jerusalem. And it was so, verse 13, it was so that when they actually back up a little, go to the, uh, verse 11. It says, and the ark of the Lord continued in the, ho- in the ho- house of Obadim. And uh, three months, and the Lord, I like this, he blessed Obadim and all his household. Now the ark of the covenant was there. Back up a little bit, and you'll go to, and if you go to the, uh, uh, where the, the Philistines took it, the ark, they took it and they brought it in, and here where they put it in their own temple, which was falsehood of worship, and they had a god named, named Dagon. And Dagon, they put their god, they put the ark of the covenant next to them, and when they came into the temple, the next time they came in, their god was laying on the ground. Now that, that ark just sat, sat there. We don't know how. The scripture doesn't tell us how. We don't know. But you can't put a false god next to the most high god without having some disastrous result to a false god. And so they knocked it down. God knocked that thing down. We don't know how. So they put it back up again. And then the next, the next time they came in, the, the, the Dagon was not just on the ground, was shattered up in every piece. Forget Humpty Dumpty who fell off the wall. And they couldn't put him back together. No, Dagon could not be put back together. Dagon was Dagon. He was gone now. That was it. God got a hold of the Spirit of God. They put the Spirit of God in that place and it knocked him down. That's why the world hates you today. You are the ark today. You're the walking covenant house of Almighty God. And that's why the government's trying to shut you up from worship, from praying, from praying in our government, from praying in schools, because the world hates it. Because every time the world gets around you and I, who are anointed of Almighty God, we lift burdens and we destroy yokes. And we do it because the greater one lives on the inside of us. And the world doesn't know know what to do with us. When Dagon, they broke up Dagon, they said, what do we do to get rid of him? So you know who they brought in? Study it. The witchcraft, the warlocks, all the witchery. They brought him in, the diviners. And they came and said, what do we do now? How do we get rid of this God? Get rid of this God. We've sinned. Get it out. Send it back to Israel. Get rid of it. Now, in that house, the reason I'm giving you this, in that household, they were cursed because they had God and they didn't know what to do with him. They had no clue what to do with them, and, the, and there was no blessing there. Obadam, verse 11, and the ark of the Lord. Same ark, continued the house of Obadam three months of the Lord. Now watch this next part. And Obadam was blessed and his household. 
Same ark, different location. One, God's fell down. The other one, man's exalted and blessed. Man, look, can you imagine this? Throughout all of Israel, think for just a moment. He's got the, he's got the ark of the covenant at his home, and in three months, everybody knows where the ark is, but they also notice this. Since that ark has been in his home, everybody in his household is blessed. It's so recognizable, you can see it when they leave the house. You can see it when they walk down the street. Now, one of the scriptures said, one of the scriptures makes a statement, we read this word, don't have time to get into it, is the word Ichabod. And the word Ichabod literally means, they said this, the reason that this happened is there's no glory there. The glory has lifted. That's what that word Ichabod means. The glory has lifted. The reason Israel was going through all the challenges is with Ichabod. They, they didn't have the Ark of the Covenant. Since they didn't have the Ark of the Covenant, they went through all the rituals, but there was no worship. There was no real tangible evidence of God's presence. So they had to bring the Ark back, the glory back. You can go to church and still not have the manifestations. You can have your Bible and it still not be in you. You can have all the apps, all the translations, and still not know it. You can sing all the songs and not be worshiping. You can be clapping and still not praising. Man, thank you for all those looks. I appreciate that. But, so we can, so, but I believe I'm looking at a bunch of people who know how to worship and know what real worship is and know how to praise. Come on, man. For those of you, you even, even if you're not into football, you've watched them do a touchdown and then do a dance at the end zone. They're dancing unto God. They're looking at the camera while they're doing it. No music. They're just dancing. And everybody knows the dance. Four or five of them get together and they all dance. Why? Because they just, they did something with their talent. We dance because we do it for our God. God's done something for us. Our greatness is not based on us. Our greatness is based on Him. When you try to exalt your greatness above God's greatness, Dagon has just now taken the room. He's about ready to fall. So what we've got to realize, so it was that when they brought the ark, verse, uh, so we read this, and it was told the king, the Lord blessed the house and all that pertained there because of the ark of the covenant. So David went, brought up the ark from the house of Obadim and the city of David, and with gladness, watch this, and with gladness. Isn't that a good verse? Turn on top of it, look at somebody, I know that some of you wear masks, it's hard to see your face. I know you're smiling, right? You're all smiling within the mask? Okay, good. So for those of you wearing the mask, look at somebody and say, I am glad. God loves me. Man, that's so awesome. You got to be glad about this. That's an emotional response. You got to be glad. And even when you're not emotional, you got to be spiritual about this and love this. And watch this. Verse 13. So it was so that they buried the ark of the Lord and gone six paces and sacrificed. They went six paces and then they sacrificed. Now, how long were they gone? Three months. It was in Obadim. But it had been gone many years prior to that. But for three months, it's in the house of Obadim, and Obadim's being blessed. Now, here's the interesting thing is that what was David doing in three months? Just sitting there waiting? What was he doing? He was meditating on how do we bring the ark back and do it right? How do we do this? So he meditated on the correct way to honor what was that, that ark represented. He did that. See, sometimes we come to church and we don't really meditate on why we're coming. We don't meditate on that. You ought to be grateful for it. You ought to be grateful that 
you know, that every time that you come home, every time I come home, I'm grateful that my wife's there. I'm grateful that she wants me home. Amen. That when I left, she didn't change the locks on the door and that, and, uh, you know, done all that. No, I'm grateful that, that, she, that she's there. I'm grateful that she wants me there. We, we take note of each other on a regular basis. We, we take note, little, just little things that, that, that occur. I mean, you know, just this morning I was getting dressed and I'm, I'm getting dressed. She's in the restroom. I'm in, the, in our bedroom putting my, my suit on, get my shirt going. And, and I heard something click. I looked down. She dropped something on the floor. I go, I got that. So I went from there to go pick it up. I didn't want her to get up. I got that. Just take a few moments, just a few seconds. I, I just a few seconds. I got that. A circumstance happened to her. I'm her husband. I'll, I got that. I'll go pick that up for you. Well, and I noticed there was something else she dropped. She didn't know I knew she dropped it. So I watch it. I watch what she's got. I watch what she does. So I pick both those items up. Can you imagine how much God does that to you? You drop something. Maybe you should have prayed this day, you don't moment. You didn't. I got you. I got that. I got that. I heard that. I was a witness. I got you. I got you. That's, what do you got your angels for? I got you. Why do you think mercy endures for? I got you back. I got you. Why do you think I've given you grace? I got you. You know, all I want from you is be thankful. Just be thankful. Now, Joanne didn't have to say a word, but because I know her, and I could hear her say, I don't know how she worded it to herself, a little groaned to herself, but she knew she dropped it, whatever she did, I heard that. I got that. It wasn't something like audible, like, oh, that fell from my hand and fell six feet down and then rolled over there, and I went over here and over here, I don't know. She didn't have to explain all that. I knew. She didn't have to say, she had to do one thing. It was just that. How much more God? You and I have no idea how much God has come in and said, I got that. And you won't know that till you get to heaven. You won't know how much times God has picked something up for you, put it back in your hand and said, I got you. I got that. Remember that stuff you thought you lost? I, I'm getting it restored to you. I got, I'm working on it right now. I've got that. I got that. But you gotta, we have to have a thankful heart. Now here's what they did. They had that ark and they needed that ark brought back in. And he said they brought it in with gladness. Wow, I like that. And, uh, and uh, like this. And then he says in verse, watch this. And in verse 13, are you ready for this? And, they, uh, and, they, and so when they did this, they buried the ark of the Lord six paces and they sacrificed. Every six steps... They stopped and they thank God. Every six steps. Now, a lot of commentaries reject this and say that couldn't have happened. That's too much of, a, of, a, of an offering to go through all that. Not, not necessarily. Not when you're honoring the Lord. They weren't there. Commentaries commentate. They're opinionators. So they give their opinion of what they think it is based on historical fact. But they weren't there. They didn't see it. Right. Eyewitness news is not real eyewitness news. Right. If the eyewitness did, then they were part of the situation. And if there was a crime and they witnessed it, then they're part of the crime. If they did. It's the only thing. Am I right? So they didn't witness it. Don't believe that I witnessed They were not witnesses. They weren't. So we're reading this. So when, they, so when the comments, here's what David did. He meditated on this. And he had a sacrifice. And he sacrificed every six steps he sacrificed. That's a lot of sacrifice. Somewhere between five to six miles they had to travel from Obadiah's house to what's called the city of David or Jerusalem. Over six miles. And every six steps they stopped. Oh, look at verse one. 
of chapter, look at that verse 1. It says this, it makes reference to this. Look at, look at this. David did not plan on something small. Again, David gathered together all the chosen men of Israel, 30,000. Whoa, chosen men. In other words, there were other people that could have gone. But let me tell you this. David chose out and he said, here's 30,000 men. We're going to go get the ark back. These were, these were soldiers. These were warriors. These guys were fit. But here's what their God was not to fight, but to praise and worship. Singers went. Now, if you got, 30, if you got every six steps you're going to sacrifice, you're going to have to have somebody train the animals, take the animals with them. Plus, they had musicians who went with them. Now, this is awesome. We need to start to think, this was no light thing. This was thought out for over three months of what we're going to do. Everything we do got to be a preparation. I'm so grateful that Joanne will allow me to spend time with God. I'm so glad that Joanne will allow me to, to go into prayer on Saturday and just lock myself in my room and just pray and seek and read and study. And I'm still doing that. I mean, from afternoon all the way until midnight last night. She goes, Are you still reading? I'm still reading. I'm still studying. Still doing all this. Seeking the face of God. Sometimes I read, then I pray. Read, pray. Write, read, pray, study, repeat. Until, until I'm ready, then I go to sleep. But she, I appreciate the fact, all these years, she doesn't tolerate that or put up with that. She knows because I'm here for you and I'm preparing for that. So what I don't do is, what I don't do is, is watch some kind of R-rated movie, movie with nudity all over it so then, then get polluted mind to come in here and preach. What I don't do is watch all horror kind of horror flicks and do all that kind of stuff. I can't, you can't do that. Now, I can't. I know some do. I can't. I can't do that. I was one time at a church, one time I was praying at a church in, in uh, another state and uh, the pastor and I was laying hands on the sick, had a, a wonderful healing service. I was preaching on healing, then had a healing line. I was in, and they, they had maybe about 15 people in line to get hands laid on them. And so while, we're pray, while I was praying, I laid hands on about four people. When the assistant minister came to me, leaned into me and said, the pastor wants to meet you in the foyer. I thought, well, maybe I did something wrong. So uh, I said, okay, I'm late. Can I do this after I pray for you? Because no, he wants you now. Well, I'll take over. I go, okay. So I got up and I left. I think actually Jasper Spence was with me at that meeting. And uh, he flew with me. And so he may remember this. And so Jasper got my stuff. We walked out, went into the lobby of that church. And the pastor looked at me and goes, he goes, my sister will take over. He'll close out the service and get your offering and everything. Okay, what, what's wrong? He said, nothing. There's a new movie out. I wanted to go see it. And I thought we could go catch it right now. I think I go, you took me out of a service where I'm laying hands on the sick to go watch a movie? He goes, that's my congregation. I've laid hands on them all the time. Come on, let's go. I, I, we didn't have another ride, so we had to go with them. We're at a movie, and Jasper and I are frustrated. And so he, he, once we got through with the meeting, I said, just, he goes, we want to go with something? I go, no, take me home. I was so aggravated. I was so frustrated. I should have just got up and got a taxi and went, went home. I told Jasper, uh, you know, I said, we're out of here first thing in the morning. I didn't want to go to breakfast with that man. He frustrated me so much. We were doing holy business, ministering to his congregation, the people that God put him in charge with. And so, do you remember that, Jasper? And it was, a, yeah, it wasn't even a good movie. Yeah. And both of us are looking at each other, what? I mean, this was, I mean, this was, you know, and so, I mean, it was, I was frustrated internally because I just preached and I studied locked myself in my hotel room I don't go visiting I've been everywhere and seen nothing 
Because I stay in my room to pray and then seek the face and then to have that done? Oh, come on, man. So I don't do that here either. I don't do that here. So anybody who serves here, you should be out playing all Saturday night and then come in here and think you're going to be holy and receive the tithe holy and do the worship holy or run the equipment holy or doing that holy. If, it's not a, if, it's not, if it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter. Because it's a matter of life and death. Hey, man. Jesus died for this. Rose again. All he asks is, do we live for this? I'm excited. I, preached, I already said myself happy. I said so much, I'm so happy. So watch this, watch this. Are you ready for this? This is a good one. Are you ready? Watch this. Now we're talking about Thanksgiving, victory and Thanksgiving. Now watch this. And, uh, and it was so, when he did this, now watch this, verse 14. Can you handle this verse? Are you ready? Yeah, because I'll, because sh- sh- stop the shouting for just a moment so you can hear me. Okay, stop all the shouting because this is wild. Too, you guys are too wild for me. Because this, this is going to be, because I know this is going to make this, this scripture sound mild to compare to how you guys are right now. And David danced before the Lord with all his might. And David was girded about with linen and ephrod. Whoo! David danced with all his might. Man, he got up over the, over the music. And more importantly, he was doing it over the fact the ark is back. We're bringing the word back to Israel. We're bringing back. There's no more lack of the glory. The glory is coming back to Israel. And if this glory could manifest and bless Obadim's home, what could it do to all of Israel? What could it do if we just have a grateful heart? What would it do? What would happen if there was a, just an outpour continually of every personal individual with honor and worship to Almighty God? Worship is not a one-time thing. For some people, let's worship God, and they do this. And then when other people say, let's praise God, and they do this. People do that in arenas all day long. People do that at game shows all day long. People do that at celebra- for the celebrities all day long. They do this. They do that all day long. But we're, and the Bible does say, clap your hands, all you people, and shout unto God with the voice of triumph. But we have a different shout, and we, the purpose of clapping is different for us. We clap for His greatness, not ours. His greatness. For his achievements, not our achievements, his achievements. Now we thank God for all that he's done. So they brought this ark up, and man, the Bible said he was leaping and dancing. Verse 16, and he said that he was leaping and dancing, and his wife was looking out the window and saw him leaping and dancing, and she despised him in her heart. This is the woman she fell in love with, but she, she, did, she started to despise him because she was embarrassed by it. Sometimes as you'll find that there are certain, certain individuals that will praise God, just get excited about the will of God, the word of God, the life of God. And then you'll sit next to them. You wonder, man, these people are strange. Look at them. Just contain yourself. Just be a little bit of control. You know, but when you know somebody, I've always told the story. Uh, uh, I, I talked to uh, a man by the name of R.W. Shambach one time. We were on a plane. He, I talked to him. I thought it was actually in his meeting. He, told, he set me straight on the story because he used to work for uh, 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 several different ministers, Jack Cole and all of them from back, in the, back in those days. And so we're sitting next to him. I said, uh, I heard this account about what happened when he meets. He goes, oh, that wasn't me. But it happened. And he goes, let me tell you how it happened. And so uh, I had five hours with him on a plane. I wasn't going anywhere. Joanne was sitting on there. She said, if somebody comes on the plane, see if we can switch. When she saw it was Shambach and I saw it was Shambach, I looked at her, you stayed there. And so uh, I have to get to do this. We're locked. We can't, he can't go nowhere and I'm not going nowhere. So I just said, you mind if I talk to you? 
that was it, five hours later. And he told me the story. I said, this is what I heard. He goes, no, we were in the meeting, Jack Cole's meeting, and he's preaching. And, and while he was preaching, he said a man stood up coming down the aisle, and he was screaming. And the ushers tried to con- control the man, and he was screaming. Now, he said back in those days, back in the, in the, in the 40s and 50s, he said back in those days, the, the way that they would, they use, don't use the prosthetics like we use now, but in those days, they put a, a, a peg leg on him, wood leg on him, because he, he had to have it amputated. I don't know the real reason why and didn't, don't remember that part of it, but he had uh, his right leg. It was all made out of wood. They had to put that wood thing there. So he came to church that way. He's sitting in the service, but that thing strapped him. And while he was doing that, he said his whole leg started burning. And he said while it started burning, he started screaming. And then when he pulled his legs up, he had flesh and blood and bone. The wood was gone. He had a leg. He got up and stomping on that thing. And he, now listen, that nobody prayed for him. While he was in worship and while he was in the service, Amen. God showed up. Amen. Man, and when this thing got so real, the le- God grew a leg. Don't listen, you're talking God. No doctor can look at you and say, leg. No, they don't do that. They take things out. And they don't, don't know what to put back in. And whatever they put in is metal or plastic or something. They can't put the real stuff. God puts the real bone and the real cells and everything back in and makes it functional. This is how God, God's got parts in heaven. Oh, man, that's so powerful. <laughs> over, with, uh, over when they had, um, uh, 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 they had over to Mellyland. And while they were at Mellyland, Do- Dr. Ralph Wilkerson was there. And he had some people there. And a, and a man, I remember I was in the service when this guy told the story. I went there when it all happened. But they brought him back to give the testimony. Had my father-in-law with him the day that I got healed in my leg. But he was there. And they had this world conference. And a man came up and he said, I, I was being witnessed to out on the street. It's very important to get this. The guy went on the street and told, told the man, he goes, you know, God loves you, God cares. He goes, well, can God, what can God do for me? I lost an eye. This is a glass eye. Can God, can God do something with that? The guy was being sarcastic. He goes, yes. And the young man said, God can heal you of that. God can give you a brand new eye. He said, do you believe that? God, he goes, yes. Come to church with me. He goes, no, I'm asking you, do you believe that? He said, yes, I believe. He goes, come to church with me. He goes, no, I'm asking you, do you believe God can give me a new eye? You. You're the one talking to me. I don't know your pastor. I don't know your church. Do you believe that God can do this for you? So you better know that you know that God can do this. You just can't talk the talk. You gotta, somebody will put you on, on notice right there. Do you believe? Do you believe this? The guy said, yes. The man was aggravated. He goes, all right, you take me. You go on that platform with me. And we'll see what God can do. He was challenging that man. They go, okay, and they went. And they pulled that man up on the, and the guy, the guy was preaching. He was um, from out of country. I don't know what country. I can't remember the country he's from. And because he wasn't there, he'd already preached and left. But they, the, the guy brought the guy up and he's giving his testimony. He walked up there and he had a glass eye. He said, while they were talking to him, the man pointed to him and said, in Jesus' name, my God is a miracle working God. And the man screamed, started screaming, put his head down. And the eye fell out while the other eye grew back in. Just grew back in. Every Thursday, that miracle services. Do you remember that? It it wasn't called miracle. They had miracle services because they yanked on them. This is, ladies and gentlemen, this is what I grew up on. This is what I thank God for. 
These aren't like somebody else's stories. I, I was there. I, I witnessed some of these things. We saw the manifestations of these things. I, I'm, a, I'm a man who, I, I'm an eyewitness. I can say like what John, what, what, uh, what John said. He said, I was there. We tasted and we handled of the word of life in these moments. Amen. The man's up there and he's weeping. His eye grew back in. Perfect vision. Wasn't a different color eye either. It wasn't crooked. It was, it was normal. Normal vision. This is the God that we serve. How on earth can we not be thankful? See, I, I'm so grateful. I witnessed those moments. I can't have that taken from me. You can't tell me God is not a miracle working God. No, I know He is. I know what He does. I know how He operates. I've seen Him. So when David danced, oh man, this is what this is about. This is, this is why I'm so grateful. This is why I live a life of worship. This is why I do what I do. Some of you that may know me or hang around with me, you'll notice sometimes I'll put my phone on and I have worship music in my back pocket. I just walk around with worship music on. Amen. This is what I do. I get in the shower, worship music on. It's what I do. I live worship. It's, it's what I do just, just to worship God. And I sing it over and over. The same ones over. I've got one set playlist for Thanksgiving. One, praise, one set for healing. One for worship. One for praise. One for excitement. One for, uh, that I celebrate over my giving. I've got all these songs that I've got playlisted down. So once I do that, just, this is what I do. And I, I wear that thing out. It's now skipping, even on my phone. I feel like, it, like i got to think like I skipped it. I played it so much. But it, but it does that. David danced at all of his might. I submit, listen, this dance, you may not get up and dance in here, but inside you ought to be celebrating and saying, oh, this is what I want to do. This is what I want to do. There's a powerful principle found in John 4.23. If you read that verse of scripture, John 4.23 makes this statement. And uh, it's, it's applicable to our, our thanksgiving and worship. The four words you can't stop from being connected. You can't separate them. Prayer, praise, thanksgiving, and worship. You can't separate these. You can't separate these at all. Prayer, praise, thanksgiving, and worship. Now watch this. Jesus, in John 4, 23, he made this statement. The hour cometh. Wow, what a statement. The hour cometh, and now is, right now is, when the true worshipers shall worship the Father. You all know that verse. You got it highlighted. You can read it in different translations. The Amplified, the Message, uh, the Passion Bible, the Weiss translation. You've got you know, all kinds of different translations you can read it from. But notice this verse. He said, the hour cometh and now is. Right now. Right now is the time. Where the true worshipers. So I submit to you this. God is not looking. In this verse, God's not looking for worship. Look at that verse. He did not say he's looking for worship. He said he's looking for worshipers. Amen. People who have a heart of worship, who live a life of worship. Worship's different than praise, but you can't separate them. But praise and worship are two different things. Let me give you a reason why. Rocks cannot worship God, but they said they will praise Him. Rocks have no emotion. Rocks have no hands to raise. Rocks are not thanks to It's because... Praise is uh, because God's not seeking the praise. God doesn't need your praise. He already knows who He is. Your praise doesn't elevate His status and make Him puffed up. Go, well, I really am God. Look at them go. They're really doing it today. 
Man, they got, they're jamming on the worship. Everybody's clapping. Everybody's dancing. They're smiling. Everybody, oh, this is good. That's not what God thinks. God doesn't need it. Praise is not about Him. Praise is about you. Praise is you saying, God, you're so great, I can't help myself. And it, this praise is my way of saying, I know it. I recognize it. I recognize you're the one who healed me. When the doctor said it's over, you're the one who said, who said it was done? You're the one that brought me out. When the bank owner said, you're taking your home, you're the one who came through. God, you're so good. When everything was being said negative, you're the one that came across. God, you're so good. That's what praise is. Praise says, God, I recognize no matter how things go, you're the outcome of success. God, you're good. Worship, on the other hand, says, God, regardless of what I'm going through, I just love you. It's not about what I have or don't have. It's not about who knows me or doesn't know me. It doesn't doesn't matter what day this is or what I've been going through. God, you love me. And God, your love is sufficient. That's all I need. Worship is what God needs. A worshiper who worships God and can say it when somebody looks at you and says, hey, you did a great job. Father, thank you for the strength to do that. Father, thank you. Worshippers do that. Worshippers look at their meal when they're about ready to partake of it and say, Father, thank you. You supplied enough that I could eat today. Amen. It doesn't matter if it's cereal. It doesn't matter what. Father, thank you. Without you, what would I be? Amen. Father, thank you for this. Father, thank you. I had a house over my head. Thank you for my blanket. Father, thank you. Thank you, as I stated earlier, thank you that I was able to go to work today and come home and no tragedy. Thank you. Thank you. I know people walked out on me, God, but I know one thing you never have. Thank you, Father. I worship you. I know others said they got my back, but you never have left me. You're still here, Father. I worship you. This is what Thanksgiving's about. This is, what, this is why David danced. We need that glory back. We need that kind of glory. Now listen, the glory won't manifest unless the word is in the right house. And the house has to accept it. Why did they select Obadiah's home? I was talking to David Reed about this. There's so much about this gentleman. Do you know what the scripture said? That he was so blessed in his house. David and I were talking about it. I said, if I had time to teach on this, I would. Study it. You know what happened to that man? Do you ever wonder? They took the ark out of his home and they took it to, to, to the city of David. They took it to Jerusalem. Do you know what the Bible says to Ed? That the man left his house and moved in and moved into the temple and served in the temple the rest of his life. Because if this would bless me so much while I'm there, what will happen here? I don't care if I leave my house. As long as I'm where God's at, I can't lack. He left his home and went to serve. That man is a study in itself. Because he recognized who he was when the ark was with him. And I'm not going anywhere. I know where the ark is. I know where the presence of God is. I know what that glory is. I want that glory. Amen. Amen. This is, ah. 
The time for worship is right now. Come on, shout that with me. The time for worship is right now. Never allow yourself to lock any worship or thanksgiving into a day or a holiday or a moment. It's a day-to-day moment. It's a day-to-day moment. It's every day. We celebrate this. We celebrate this. Uh, it's, it's so important that we recognize. I was, I was, I was so touched because you know my mother, uh, is my precious mother. You know, had Alzheimer's and was passed away with that. In the latter part of my father's years, he had Alzheimer's. Same thing happened to him, and he passed away with that. I watched this little video clip. Maybe some of you've seen this, and with this woman, and she was a ballerina, and uh, and she was a wonderful ballerina, and now she's. In a, in a home, a convalescent home, in a wheelchair, can't move, and has Alzheimer's, can't remember anything. And her, her son put headphone sets on her and put the music from Swan Lake on. And she sat there and then started moving her hands. And while she's, then they played the video clip of when she was young, doing the same movements, because they have video clips of her. And even though she couldn't move, when she would go down as a swan, she put her hands down like this. And she'd come up and do this with her hands. The whole thing. It's so interesting what music triggered. It's so interesting. When we really get into a praise of worship, it triggers something, or at least it should. But we must be prepared for the worship. It's got to be in us. She was a ballerina inside. It didn't matter that she was older and she was in a wheelchair. In her was this ballerina. And when that music started, the ballerina came out. When we do praise and worship, the real you ought to come out. The, the righteousness of God, the, the healed one, the delivered one, the free one. It shouldn't just tickle your ears and put a clap. It should do something to bring in and invoke, my God, you're real. Ah. This, is, this is, you know what, go to... Um, First Chronicles chapter 16, since, since you're with me on this. Can I do this and give me, uh, how many of you give me five minutes? Okay, it's 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30. Okay, 40, 40 minutes. All right, there we are right there. <laughs> First Chronicles chapter 16. Now, I'm not going to attempt to read all these names right now. Okay, but I want you to see something. See, in worship, in worship and in thanksgiving with a thankful heart is the presence where you get healed. Spiritually, uh, you recognize who you are. Emotionally, there's a healing that darkness leaves. Spirit of depression leaves. The Bible calls that a heaviness. It leaves. And we, because we have a garment of praise on us. And so look at, look at this, verse 16, verse 1. So they brought the Ark of the Covenant, remember it? And they set it in the midst of the tent, and David had pitched, and they offered burnt off sacrifice and peace offerings before God. And David made an end of offering, burnt offerings and the peace offering, and he blessed the people in the name of the Lord. Can you imagine that? Once the Ark is here, they continue to do the sacrifices, and then he blessed all the people. And watch this. And he appointed certain of the Levites to minister before the Ark of the, Ark of the Lord and to, re, to record it and to thank and praise the Lord God of Israel. And then he names the people that he did that with. Verse 6, the latter part. 
and the, the priests with trumpets continually before the Ark of the Covenant of God. Don't tell me they were quiet. Man, they, they burnt sacrifices. They shouted. He got the priests involved. And then they, they did, and the Bible said, and then continually. He orchestrated. Oh, well, you think we're done? Watch this. Verse 7. And then on, the, uh, that, uh, uh, then on that day, David delivered first this psalm to thank the Lord and, uh, and, the, and the hand of Asaph and his brethren. Give thanks unto the Lord. Here's what they said. Call upon his name. Make known his deeds among the people. Sounds like 105. Make known his deeds among the people. Come on, talk about it. Tell people. This is what praise does. This is what a thankful heart does. A thankful heart does this. A thankful heart says, look what God did for me. This is what God's done. This, this is why we give what we call testimonies. Amen. That's why you need to have, you need to hear from your brethren, for the people around you. That, hey, look, God did this for me. And don't ever put, minimize it and say, well, you know, uh, God, you know, uh, uh, you know, I had a headache and God healed me. And somebody else, I had to get healed of cancer. And somebody say, well, you know, he got healed of headache, cancer, that's a bigger one. God's, no. If you got healed, you got healed. If you got out of bed and you had a little soreness in your neck and then you came to church and got healed, man, that's, that's something to rejoice about. Amen. Amen. You didn't have to go to a chiropractor or masseuse. You didn't have to do all that. Just Jesus getting a hold of you. Amen. And you're in your worship and just lifting your hands. Watch this. Give, give thanks unto the Lord upon His name. Make known His deeds among the people. Sing unto Him. Come on, sing unto Him. Sing psalms unto Him. Talk ye of His wondrous works. Didn't say just make known His deeds. Talk of His wondrous works. What has God done for you? How wonderful our God is. How wonderful our God is. Glory ye in His holy name. There it is. No Ichabod here. No lack of glory. Glory is here. Let the heart of them rejoice that seek the Lord. See, if you're really seeking God, there's a heart of rejoicing on the inside of you. Seek the Lord and His strength. Seek His face continually. Remember His marvelous works and either all that He had done, His wonders and the judgments of His mouth. Oh, you seed of Israel, His servants, you children of Jacob, His chosen ones. He is the Lord our God. His judgments are in the earth. Be mindful always of His covenant. That's what Thanksgiving does. It's always mindful of His covenant. Amen. Man, there's so many verses of Scripture that yank you back. Praise God. Worship God. This is what all this is about. Amen. This is how you and I celebrate. This is what you and I do. And it is, as I said, according to the book of Hebrews in chapter 13, it makes a straight statement that this is the fruit of our lips. When we honor God, we thank God. It's not the fruit of our lips. And so we got to honor God. It's got to come out vocally. It's, it must come out vocally. You got to be able to say it. There are people today uh, that, are, that are married that never talk nice about each other. Never. But they say each other, they love each other. But they don't talk nice about each other. You know, I had a man one time tell me, he goes, I don't need to tell my wife I love her, buy her anything or do anything for her. I gave her my last name. What else does she want? I said, well, how valuable is your last name? He goes, what? I go, how valuable is it? Are you in debt? Are you broke? If we, if we researched your name, what would we find out? You ever been in jail? He just looked, he goes, well. I said, yeah, you did time, didn't you, you little joker? I said, so there's connection to your name. People, try, people do this and don't recognize, especially men, they, they do it, don't recognize. Well, God gave us his name. Amen. It's the highest name there is. We ought to thank God. Father, 
And anytime I thank him, I am, I'm releasing this into my atmosphere. That's what I'm doing. I'm celebrating this. That's what gets me excited. That's why my home is blessed. That's why we, we live in, in our blessed state. Have, have, I, have I had challenges? Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, have I had heaven on earth all, every day of my life? No. A little bit of hell's tried to get in. I mean, let's be honest, who hasn't had challenges? Who hasn't had emotional situations? Who, else, who, who hasn't wanted to slap somebody? I'm just looking at the wall back there. Come on. Who hasn't wanted to say at one point, really? Remember Gideon? I was talking about this on Wednesday night. Gideon, they call Gideon, Gideon. Here's Gideon's response when the angel of the Lord shows up to him in Judges chapter 6. Angel shows up to him and says, listen, mighty man of valor. He knew who he was. Hey, mighty man of valor. Heaven knew who he was. Here's what he says. Are you talking about me? My family was broke. We're poor. We have nothing. And where's all the miracles our fathers talked about? I haven't seen one. If you are calling me a mighty man of valor, you're sending me, where are all the miracles? That's what he said. Read it. And read it with a tone of not like shy. How, do you, how, how dare you talk, but that was within him. Where are all the miracles, the manifestations? And then he really threw it out there. And how come we're broke and the Midianites have taken over our land and we got nothing? This is what he was doing, blaming God. And you know what God said? I've sent you mighty man of valor. He didn't answer that. But here's what he did. He complained. Because anytime you get called, you're being called out of a mess to clean up your mess to go clean up somebody else's mess. None of you perfect. You weren't called, and you know, no matter, you can't, why being good isn't good enough. God calls you, He knows who you are. Gideon, I know who you are. Moses had a rod for 40 years and didn't know how, what he was called to do. So God, God spoke to him and said, throw that rod down. It turned into a snake. And he backed away from it. Pick it up from the tail. And he did. He said, that's going to be your staff. And he used that staff. Before that, he didn't know how powerful he was. But that staff became his symbol of power. Sam, Samson didn't know who he was until he lost his hair. They knew how weak he was. Covenant. Everything's covenant. Amen. You got to know who you are. If you don't know who you are, you'll buy into any lie somebody tells you that you are. Amen. You're not the sick. You're not the disease. Amen. Uh, COVID-19 is not somebody who has to live with you all your life. That lying spirit. No. Call you well, healthy and strong. Amen. Amen. I said the other day, close here. Somebody says, well, you know, I think I might have a symptom. Really? Get around me because I'm healed of the Lord. And the greater power in me is greater than what's in you. In Jesus' name. But you got to know that you are. And you got to know you trust what you are in Christ Jesus. Amen. This is how we live today. Well, I'm excited. Hope you got something out of this today. Praise God. Listen, if you're joining us today at Livestream, you listen, we love you. We thank God for you. God's such an awesome God. God cares about you so much. Jesus Christ died for you, rose again from the dead for you. All he's asking you to do is live for him and be thankful every day of your life for him. If you've never said yes. If you were encouraged by today's message and believe it would be uplifting to others, then be sure to rate us and hit subscribe. To experience more of Heritage, visit us at www.heritageff.org. 
Again, thank you for listening to the Heritage Podcast today. And remember, Jesus is Lord.